Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lost Teams podcast. I am your co-host Anthony Trudelli with my fellow co-host Andrew Lennox. Andrew, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm uh, uh, I have energy once again, like we did during the last episode. I feel <laughs> I feel good, and I've got to think an interesting team. I uh, I talked about the Kentucky Colonels last time I, I presented a team, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to do and, and they were of the ABA. I'm going to do another ABA team because they have a. Uh, I'd say equally, if not more interesting, um, aftermath after they were not absorbed into the NBA after the ABA folded. But uh, we'll get to that. Cool. I'm excited to uh, learn more about this team. So uh, my sources were the Remember the ABA website uh, and their article on the Spirits of St. Louis. Mm -hmm. I also used Wikipedia, uh, Forbes.com, an article called The NBA Finally Puts an End to the Greatest Sports Deal of All Time. Uh, and that was by a gentleman named Monty Burke. Uh, so yeah. So, uh, the spirits, I've get, I always get tripped up saying their name cause I want to call them the St. Louis spirits, but they're the spirits of St. Louis. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, they're founded in 1974. They played two seasons in the ABA, 1974, 75 and 1975, 76. Okay. They were founded when the Carolina Cougars sold to a group of businessmen from New York who we will talk more about uh, at the end of the episode. They moved the team to St. Louis because St. Louis was pretty much the, the biggest media market that didn't have a basketball team, so they moved them there. They played in a place called the Checker Dome, which held 18,000 fans. Uh, and their logo was a picture of the Spirit of St. Louis plane, which is the plane, if anyone knows their history, that Charles Lindbergh flew the first transatlantic flight from New York City to Paris. Wow. Yep. And I was blown away. I found out something I didn't know or forgot about that. Guess how long that flight took New York City to Paris uh, in his plane, the Spirit of St. Louis, back in, I think it was in the 20s or 30s. Oh, I mean, I, I don't know if I would be able to get on the plane in those days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean. I'm we, guessing a week. Okay. Well, not that good. It took 30. <laughs> it was the first transatlantic. It took 33 hours. <laughs> they were still not sailing. So it was in the. It was. And yeah. That, I, I don't. I have no concept of stuff like that. So. That happened in 1927. But still 33 hours. I don't. Like I, what do you do? Can you imagine like everyone just smoking too? Yeah, he. Well, it it was just him. I think it was just him on the plane. Oh, okay. So uh, sure. I don't, I'm sure he smoked. Everyone smoked back then. The first solo, nonstop transatlantic flight. So he didn't have anybody with him on the plane. He also didn't stop for gas. So what was he doing? Like he must have been so tired. He probably. I mean, back then they had co- cocaine and the Coca Cola. So he was probably doing all sorts of stuff in that cockpit. Who knows? Anyway, uh, back to basketball and not so much about aviation. Uh, so the team only kept two players from the Carolina Cougars. Uh, so it was basically an expansion team, even though they were moved from another city and under the uh, technically similar ownership, uh, mm-hmm. they were basically an expansion team. Their first season, they won 32 games uh, and their attendance struggled, but somehow they managed to make the playoffs where they took down the defending champion New York Nets, who mm. uh, obviously the, now the Brooklyn Nets were just defeated in the, the uh, NBA playoffs. So, right. Yep. But um, back then they were the New York Nets of the ABA, and the 
Spirits of St. Louis beat them four games to one, which was shocking because it has been called one of the most astounding upsets in basketball history because the Nets finished 26 games ahead of the Spirits in the regular season. 26 games. 26 games. They also beat the Spirits all 11 times they played them in the regular season. And the Spirits really didn't have anyone. They had, they had a good player who I'll get to, but... Uh, Jackie Moon? <laughs> yeah. Or Coffee Black. No, they had... Um, <laughs> Dog, uh, the Spirits didn't have anyone except for one guy, really, of note. Uh, meanwhile, the Nets had Dr. J. So, shocking yeah, upset. Yeah. And, and I looked this up. I was trying to see, kind of, I like to do, like, compare it to today's NBA. So, mm-hmm. this NBA season, only six teams trailed the first place team in their respective conference by more than 26 games, uh, or 26 games or more. None of them finished better than 13th place in their conference. So, uh Imagine not only the, the Spirits made the playoffs, but they beat the re- defending champion of the ABA four, in five games. That's, that's awesome. That must have been quite a celebration in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Especially after game five, which uh, was pretty memorable. Was it really five games? Yeah. I got to look that up again. But uh, game five, the Nets trailed by, or the Nets led by one point with about 20 seconds left, and they had possession of the ball. So you think, like, as long as they can run out the clock. With it, with the ball in Dr. J's hands. But he accidentally fumbled the ball by dribbling it off his leg and into the backcourt. So that led to a backcourt violation, giving the Spirits the ball. With seconds left, they inbounded the ball to Freddie Lewis, who hit basically, I, I watched the highlight of it, a fallaway jumper with three, three seconds left for the win. That's, wow, that must have been mayhem. Yeah, just imagine. That's incredible. If they got fans. I don't know if they got fans. I think they got, did okay. Um, yeah. It was the second season where they really struggled. Yeah. Uh, in the second round, the Spirits lost to our friends, the Kentucky Colonels, in four games. Uh, four the games. Colonials. Yeah, the Colonials. <laughs> the Kentucky Fried Chickens. Um, yeah. no, they lost to the Kentucky Colonels uh, four games to one. Although things might have been different. They had a couple injuries during the series. Uh, that that changed things. There was a close game. I think it, one of the games was very close that the Spirits lost, and you like to think if they had uh, if they had won that game, maybe things would have been different. Right. So, so uh, in their second season, they stole a couple of players from the Celtics: Don Chaney and uh, ML Carr, who went on to coach the Boston Celtics right before they hired Rick Pitino, and he ruined them. Uh, the the Hall of Famers that they got were. Uh, Moses Malone, mm-hmm. oh, uh, and well, Hall of Famer, and then they had a really good player named Ron Boone. Malone would go on to become an NBA champion, Finals MVP, and NBA MVP, and eventually Basketball Hall of Famer. Boone went on to play for the Lakers and Utah Jazz of the NBA. So, uh, some pretty good players right there. Definitely, their, their most, their best player uh, was named Marvin Barnes. Marvin Barnes was drafted out of Providence College. He played both seasons of the team's existence, but it was kind of a rocky, uh, a rocky kind of marriage, we'll call it, with the uh, Spirits of St. Louis. Uh, he averaged 24 points a game in those two seasons and more than double-digit rebounds as well. Unfortunately, in his first season, he was upset by his contract, so he left the team. Uh, the team had no idea where he went until a few days later. <laughs> when they found out he was playing a pool tournament with his agent in Dayton, Ohio. Wow. Yeah. A complete bender too. With his agent too. I mean, as far <laughs> as I know, normally agents aren't like, uh, Hey, come like, come with me. Agents want to get paid. They don't want their, they're like, just finish out this contract or yeah. uh, I, I want to get mine as well. 
Um, but no, he was playing in a pool tournament with his agent. He eventually was convinced to rejoin the team. Uh, the team blamed his behavior on one of only the only two players to carry over from the Carolina Cougars, Joe Caldwell, who they basically thought told Barnes to do what he did. Caldwell was essentially uh, blacklisted and never played for St. Louis again. Uh, and then, so Barnes was, was a, was a very good player and, and, uh, uh, pretty much their best player. He missed the second season, uh, of, uh, the spirits existence because someone sued him, sued him for allegedly hitting them in the head with a tire, not tire iron. Jeez. Yeah. That's just that person brutal. survived. Uh, yeah. I mean, they had to have cause they sued him. Oh, um, and Barnes would i believe he went on to to have a pretty strong career um elsewhere outside of the uh, outside of the aba he went to go play for yeah so he left after the uh spirits of st louis were dissolved and the aba disappeared he played for the detroit pistons and then the buffalo bisons interestingly enough uh excuse me the buffalo braves now uh oh. in the nba that must have been after they moved the uh yeah okay it was the buffalo braves our friends the buffalo braves who we all heard uh and then he was traded to the boston celtics in that whole thing we talked about during the kentucky colonels last uh last episode where they basically traded each other their franchises so um Mm -hmm. marvin barnes is a good a good tie-in to the last episode we talked about and then he finished his career with the san diego clippers uh which after that whole thing um went down were eventually moved to San Diego from Buffalo. So right. had, had a pretty good career, interesting career, really sat in the front seat for that kind of historical uh, situation that happened between the Kentucky Colonels and the Boston Celtics, which you can learn more about uh, in our previous uh, episode or a few episodes ago. Yeah. What, what episode number was that? I think it was so 22. Keep, so our illustrious fans can... <laughs> could get an ice cream headache hearing my yeah. description. It was yeah. no less confusing than what I just described. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they also had a, a couple other interesting legacies. Guess who their first radio announcer was? Harry Carey? <laughs> no. It was maybe the modern <laughs> Harry Carey. Uh, it was Bob Costas. Bob, it was, oh. he, was, he was a rookie radio announcer, so the Spirits of St. Louis were his first team that he ever did play-by-play for, professional That's team, That's pretty I guess. cool. Yeah. That's pretty... Uh, I want to. I kind of wish I had looked up kind of what he had to say about that team, but uh, yeah, gotta love Bob Costas, even oh, when he's got even when he's got pink eye during the Olympics. Yeah, how how is he doing these days? I think he's doing fine. I I don't know if he's retired or not. I'm, he used to be do MLB TV and stuff. I I yeah. assume he's still working. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just haven't seen him around much. I mean, he he he's probably one of those guys who's pr- way older than we think he is because he looks. I mean, he's always looked so young. Right, he's probably 70. Yeah, 69 years old. Yeah. Impressive, good guess. Mm, Thank you. Uh, So here's the big big one, the interesting uh, kind of situation that happened with the uh, with the spirits 1976 the spirits of st louis unfortunately uh, are folded when the aba folds and some of the teams are absorbed into the nba so those teams are the denver nuggets indiana pacers the new york nets and the san antonio spurs who are all in one way or another still part of the nba yeah that's true uh the teams that didn't 
continue were John Y. Brown's Kentucky Colonels that we talked about in episode 22. Mm -hmm. Uh, One team, I think the Virginia Squires folded right before the merger. So they were unfortunately left out of the deal. And then the Spirits of St. Louis. The Kentucky Colonels owner, John Y. Brown, took the $3.3 million buyout in exchange for shutting his team down. Uh, And then you heard what happened in episode 22 if you listened. But the owner of the Spirits did something very interesting. They were brothers Ozzy and Daniel Silna. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but instead of taking the $3 million, they struck a deal with the NBA to acquire the future television rights uh, from all the teams that joined the NBA. So they would take one-seventh share from each franchise's television rights or nearly 2% of the entire NBA's TV money in perpetuity, so forever. Wow. What a deal. Yeah. Which if you think about it at the time, I I did a little bit of research. I think the NBA was on CBS back then and I couldn't confirm this, but I think that all the games were on tape delay or at least the playoff games were on tape delay. Like there was a lot of people crapping on CBS about how they dealt with the end with the NBA playoffs. I think even even in the seventies. Yeah. The seventies. And so it's like a small, it was still, this is, this is pre, uh, Obviously, pre I think pre Magic, pre Larry Bird, or right as we talked about episode twenty two, Larry Bird was drafted a few years after uh, the ABA dissolved, and uh, no one knows the difference. Though I mean, there was no cell phones, so yeah. Like, and, how are you going to get updates? Morse yeah, code. Yeah, and and it was just it was just a smaller league. It's not the juggernaut that it is today. Right, right. Uh, so if you think about it, TV deals like yeah, whatever. We we're never. <laughs> this isn't going to end come out to be as much as 3.3 million anyway so we save money jokes on you uh yeah the deal allocated 45 percent of each of the silnas and 10 percent to each of the silnas and 10 percent for their lawyer donald scupak who should be in the lawyer hall of fame at this point yeah uh, okay. he, he was the one who brokered the deal um with tv network deals becoming more and more lucrative the deal made the silnas very wealthy they earned and this is according to the New York Times and the Cleveland Plain Dealer, $186 million as of 2008, $255 million as of 2012, and all in all, uh, $300 million before 2015-16 when the NBA was finally like, we can't let this continue. This, <laughs> these guys haven't owned a team for 40 years and they're making hundreds of millions of dollars. Like That's like a Bobby, the Bobby Bonilla contract. Exactly. It's the basketball <laughs> version. And it's it's... So, but it just doesn't end there. So the Silnas were like, okay, you can buy us out. We don't, we won't be part of this deal anymore. But the NBA had to do it for $500 million on top of the $300 million they already made. So the Silnas made $800 million off of that deal in 1976 or 1977, whenever they made it. Genius, Uh, man. And yeah, and they didn't, they, they, they didn't even own a team. The team did not, had not existed. There was no, like just that was mind blowing. Yeah. I mean, like you said, whoever was representing them in those meetings, a lawyer, obviously, well, he, yeah, D- he needs Donald, to be in the hall of fame. Donald Skupak. He's, he's a hall of famer. Hall of famer. <laughs> uh, and the, unfortunately some of their money was lost in Bernie Madoff's Ponzi scheme. Really? according to Monty Burke of Forbes, but not all of it. I mean, $800, losing $800 would be pretty shitty or 800 million. Eight, losing $800 would be shitty too, but yeah, it would be even worse. Um, so 
Yeah, that is the uh, that is the spirits of St. Louis and their incredible TV deal that made their former owners hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, almost I mean closer to a billion dollars than a hundred million dollars, which is insane. And I couldn't confirm one of the articles I read. I think it was maybe the Wikipedia coverage, which you can't always trust, said that they still have a very small part of the TV deal. I don't know if that's true or not, but like amazing, much much smaller, which. It's just, that must just irk the NBA so much. Oh, God. Yeah. Imagine David Stern was like a notorious, just <laughs> notorious cutthroat businessman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like that Did you hear be- that in the Tim Donahue thing? Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> a, everyone should listen to the uh, Whistleblower podcast about yeah, the Tim, Tim Donahue thing. That was very good. But yeah, they, tell, they talk about what a ruthless businessman he was to the point where some of the players were like, dude, I would punch him in the face if, if, if I saw him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's a pretty interesting story of the spirits of St. Louis. Really cool story. Um, yeah, this, uh, the ownership, like, I've never heard a story like that as far as, you know, going back to like the seventies, the, <laughs> I bet you most of the ABA owners ended up broke after <laughs> You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, or get a few million dollars, but some of them, some of the owners who uh, who the teams merged into the NBA, I mean, they probably are doing great. But like, yeah, they. You're right. But like, compare that to the story we talked about last time we when we talked about the Kentucky Colonels, where it was all this wheeling and dealing and like all these crazy things where they like had to trade each other their teams, and then one team moved to the other and. It was so uh, stupid. Like, yeah, it just and, made no sense. And those actually, I, th- I mean, they made no sense they made no sense in some ways, but like they were what they had to do to like make their teams more profitable. I think both of them profited off of that stuff, but like, just imagine I got, I want to look up Donald Skupak because he, he must be like, he must've, uh, surprised he's not on the Supreme court. Donald Skupak (laughs) is a New York business executive investor and philanthropist and attorney who is best known for his involvement. He has his own Wikipedia page. So it's not like he's faded into the, into the dark he's the deal yeah we called the best sports deal of the century by sports illustrated uh okay so he served as so he is a pretty cutthroat businessman served as a chairman chief executive officer chief operating officer and strategy consultant for a number of public and private companies including horn and hard art which is i don't even know what that is restaurants apparently hmm. food service company and uh ibm so this guy's a pretty pretty big deal yeah he's big time for sure he's also the leadership of the public high school public service high school i don't know all right all right so he shoe pack reunited with oh well that's cool in 2017 shoe pack all right so it's not scoop pack it's shoe pack Reunited with former NBA commissioner David Stern to help launch Sportscaster. I don't know what Sportscaster is, but at least he and David Stern were able to uh, bury the hatchet. Yeah, no kidding. And when was that? 2017? Yeah. And Stern died, what, last year? Yep. Okay. Well, uh, I think that'll do it. Now you know everything you need to know about the spirits of St. Louis and Donald Shupak, the best lawyer that ever lived. (laughs) uh yeah besides johnny cochran yeah besides johnny cochran um you can find me on twitter at deli tweets that's d-e-l-l-i-t-w-e-e-t-s and you can find me on instagram at the media deli uh andrew where can they find you uh you can find me at a-w-l-e-n-n that's a-w-n 
Awesome. Sounds good. Well, we'll see you for the next episode. All right. See you guys.